This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Six Figure Dog Business. I'm your host, Ty Brown of Ty the Dog Guy. Six Figure Dog Business is on PetLifeRadio.com and this is the show where we help you dog and pet professionals to grow your businesses to six figures per year or more incomes. I'm excited today because we've got a really neat entrepreneur on with us, someone who's built some huge brands, uh, built large companies, millions and millions of dollars. So stay with us. We're going to be talking today with Basil Nassar. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com All right, we are back. And uh, so first off, with us today, we've got Basil Nassar. Let me give you a big welcome. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Ty. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, awesome. And so tell us who you are, you know, for the folks that know you, for the folks that don't know you, who is Basil Nassar? Sure. Well, look, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I think that's what they call us. Um, I've been uh, branding and developing concepts uh, for both the consumer and recently the pet market, the pet industry for the last 20 plus years. My last uh, major project was Greek yogurt for humans. And so for about 20 years, we had uh, the opportunity to make uh, pretty strong moves into the independent and natural channels during the first few years. And then as the brand continued to scale, we moved into uh, conventional and some mass markets. Uh, and then that gave us uh, an access to a tremendous amount of uh, digestive health uh, solutions uh, that we could combine in a lot of different food products. So you know, essentially we took what we learned in humans uh, adapted it to a pet's digestive system, and uh, Boss Nation Brands was born, which consists of two pillars, Boss Dog and Boss Cat. And we've only been around since uh, 2019 early, and it's been a uh, you know real fun run, uh, very competitive industry. But you know, that's, that's really my background. I, I love to brand build. I have a tremendous team that's been with me since the beginning, and um, we're very good at uh, executing on our ideas. Cool. So is your product line, does it still revolve around yogurt? I mean, is it still kind of that same area of expertise that you gained in the human world? You know, in, in 2019, our, our first entry point was what I like to refer to as a narrow segment. Uh, Greek style frozen yogurt is what I did. And it was just a natural transition to take everything that I learned in human Greek yogurt and then apply it to a pet concept. Obviously, we had to make some changes, extract the lactose from it because dogs are inherently lactose intolerant and a few other things in order to tweak uh, for digestion. But we're far more than just a Greek froyo company. Uh, uh, that was our entry. And then we came out with a raw goat milk line 
with DHA and taurine added. Everything that we do is infused with probiotics. So it's a very common theme uh, across the line. Uh, then we got into freeze-dried complete meal systems for dogs. October of uh, 19, we launched our Pro Series, which included ancient grain uh, Pro Puffs and our new Pro Balls uh, cold-formed uh, meatball line about three months ago. And about a week ago, we launched our raw frozen dog meal line in, in nuggets and patties. Boss Cat will be making its first entry into the USA in March with the Boss Cat frozen entrees. And then uh, late March, we'll be introducing a uh, high-protein kibble line made with ancient grains. And then I, uh, I would be remiss to not mention uh, the entry that we did just prior to Christmas, which was Boss Tactical, uh, an ultra-premium line of uh, durable collars and leashes using military-grade nylon, gunmetal steel, and aviation aluminum. Super high-end, more for medium to large-sized dogs. So we're, as you can see, we're a multi-segment company. I like to tell people if you stand in the middle of the store, March of 2021, it'll be, you'll be hard-pressed not to see the brand on display. That's all. And, and what stores are you in? Are you in just pet related stores? Are you in anything besides that? You know, the, the focus initially, uh, Ty, is uh, with specialty pet. Uh, you know, it's a um, the brick and mortar uh, uh, industry and mom pa is really where we focus most of our attention because of the premium nature of the product. We are looking at other channels, but we're doing them with great discretion. We like to support the street and, uh, and give them an opportunity to really thrive with unique and viable concepts. So, that's not to say that as the brand hits certain maturities and certain channels, we won't look at uh, transitioning and growing in those spaces as well, but we'll do it with uh, a measure of care. So does that mean you're not in the big box guys right now? You're mostly in the specialty retailers? Yeah, and really by choice, uh, because if you think of it, we only started shipping uh, January of 19. And, uh, you know, there is a sensitivity out there, I think, to moving online or moving into the big box stores. Um, you know, the, the small independent retailer is still looking for a way to compete. And so they do it on service and they do it on product selection. So we felt that it was really critical, at least during the first two years, that we gave them the time to really incubate the products in their store and development. We will start looking, like I said, at moving into alternative channels. I'm already working with select e-com accounts, uh, people that adhere to what we call map pricing to, again, give both the street and the online environment a, a comparable price point. And then uh, we'll look at some conventional grocery, really my old world, you know, getting on uh, some of the grocery shelves uh, with our select items. So that's really the first two years. And then, um, you know, you'll probably start seeing some very aggressive growth in the middle of 2022 and 23 as, um, you know, as we have more to, more to offer. So educate me a little bit on retail here. Well, for a couple of reasons, because I think a lot of listeners, number one, it's interesting because obviously, you know, these are products that they buy, that they sell, yeah. that kind of stuff. But number two, a lot of folks listening like want to be able to get into, they've got a product or a product idea. They want to get it into, into stores and stuff like that. So is this kind of strategically like, hey, if we get into the boutique retailers, you know, the specialty retailers, the independents, the acquisition cost is lower. It's going to take us less effort and less cost to get into these guys. That's going to help with our branding. And therefore, you know, in a year or two, People are going to be going into the big box retailers and saying, hey, why are, where is Boss? You know, and therefore, that level of branding is going to be able to lower your acquisition costs of getting into the big box. Is that, does that make sense what I'm saying? Is that the strategy? Absolutely. It's currently not the strategy. And I, if I guess I want to extend 
uh, some advice to uh, people that are looking to bring concepts to market. I think that's how, how you formulate it in the beginning. I would tell them initially, look at the whole business as opposed to just looking at the concept that you have and, and, and convincing yourself that it's viable. And when I mean look at the whole business, you need to understand where all the final financial gaps are going to come because I've seen too many groups, you know, with Uncle Joe's barbecue sauce, mm-hmm. they want to make a regional play at it and they figure out pretty quickly, uh, regional volume doesn't support the investment. So if they want to expand, they have to invest to grow. And a lot of times you grow yourself out of business. And so I would say, you know, look at this, the, the whole picture, make sure you understand where the gaps are. And that's typically inventory. And, uh, and getting the turns that you need, which takes time because uh, you can't just put it on the shelf and expect it to fly. And then, um, you know, the strategy should be to look at uh, specialty. Now, you, you did make a comment that, you know, it's easier because you can leverage the specialty channel to make your play into a big box. The bigger challenge with specialty, it's all up and down the street, Ty. So it's not one call, one stop shop. You're knocking yeah. on thousands of doors. I personally have been in 1500 retail pet stores carrying the bag, telling the story, you know, and uh, obviously we don't have a very diverse team. I have a regional uh, West sales manager that uh, carries a a ton of the load over here. And then, um, and I'm handling a a large portion of the rest of the country. But, you know, I would say finding rep groups that understand uh, the pet industry is critical because you're not going to be able to go out and hire uh, four or five high caliber individuals to help you get penetration. And then uh, telling your story. I mean, it's critical because uh, in today's pet industry, uh, you can come out with a great item, but there's a good chance you won't get it listed. Mm-hmm. And if you can't get distribution, you're, you're kind of stuck with, uh, you're limited to one or two channels maximum if you can't get distribution. So let's say I come up with a cool leash or I come up with a cool crate or something like that. Is that the route that somebody would go is to go find these manufacturers reps who are the ones that are boots on the ground inside the pet stores and stuff like that? Is that, is that the route that people take? Yeah, I mean, there, there is, there's a select group of individuals that have been in the industry for a number of years that have great relationships with the mom pa stores. I, I would seek those people out. There are a few of them. You know, the biggest challenge that you run into is pet has been such a me too industry for so many years that if a rep starts carrying uh, a kibble, uh, the likelihood that they uh, can carry another kibble is typically not going to happen because there's a conflict of interest there. And so it's locked a lot of emerging brands out from working with those groups. So if you really want to find a group that will adhere to what you're doing, I'd find something innovative, something that's not me too, something that they have to have that the rest of the market doesn't have. And then I'd go ahead and and look at, but if you come out with just another me too kibble or a collar and leash line, uh, it's going to be an uphill uh, struggle for you. You know, and I wanted to ask you a question along those lines. So you said, and I don't remember, did you say three weeks or three months for your raw food that's come out? Oh, so the raw frozen meal line for dogs came out last week. Oh, uh, last yeah. week. Yeah, pretty so recent. hit last week. And that's that's something that we wanted to introduce at SuperZoo uh, last year, but obviously things were canceled. So we just focused our effort on the launch of our tactical line uh, this holiday. And then uh, about a week ago, we introduced the uh, Boss Dog Raw Frozen Meal line infused with probiotics, 500 million probiotics per patty and per cup. Awesome. And so raw is still, and you can probably, not probably, you can definitely state this better, but I would think that raw is still very innovative because as far as market saturation goes, I would think a big chunk of the population doesn't know that raw feeding even exists, number one. And so I wanted to kind of ask you about that because it's innovative, because it's still new, even though I've been feeding raw for 10 years, so it's not new, but like for the population, for the market out there, it's still new and innovative. 
and especially in your case, where like, you know, storing it's going to require refrigeration or, you know, freezer space and stuff like that. How difficult is it to take a product like that and find shelf space, you know, because it's so new and because it's so, you know, not everybody's out there looking at it. Are you trying to find the market of people who are just looking for it and let's just ride that wave? Or are you doing a lot of market education to get people to start switching from kibble into raw or, or both? So that's a two-part question. Now, the market share uh, allocation for freezer space or fresh space is almost zero. So if you're going to come to market with fresh or frozen, you're either buying freezers, partnering on freezer deals. We, we put a 450 impulse freezer system in North America last year. Wow. So these were boss dog skin freezers with only boss dog, boss cat concepts. And that, but that was part of the strategy was market share acquisition. We didn't want to tiptoe. We wanted to make a lot of noise because we had multi uh, multiple segments coming uh, within two years. But I would say, you know, you need to be prepared to invest in space if you're getting into fresh and frozen. It's the fastest growing segment. So what will the landscape look like five years from now? I would bet every specialty pet store will have perimeter walls lined with freezers like they are now by and large. Uh, you see them moving from the white door freezer to the actual glass freezer because they're wanting to showcase and display the product. But there's still a learning curve there, Ty, where just the word raw in and of itself is a little intimidating for some people. In developing both the Boss Dog raw and cat entrees, I can tell you I could stick 10 a a raw food advocates around a table and they'll all disagree about something. Mm -hmm. And so you find the common thread that they're looking for, and then you try to communicate that through your product. So that's Really what we're doing now is we're doing a lot of couponing. We're driving trial. Uh, I have four dogs, two cats at home, and a 140-pound sole cat or tortoise. It's a menagerie of animals here, and every one of them eats raw. We converted them all about two years ago. And just for me personally speaking, uh, the moisture retention, the absorption and nutrition, you can just see it in uh, in the yard, okay, mm -hmm. in terms of the amount of waste, and then just an overall look and, and feel of the dog. So I'm, I'm a huge advocate of it. It's going to take a little bit more education. Uh, it won't be long before I think people are converted, I don't know, largely to raw. I mean, you're not going to eliminate the kibble and bits world, but I can tell you millennials are looking very hard at raw and uh, in the overall benefits as they bring uh, dogs home and cats. Yeah. And to me, that just seems so smart to where you're saying, hey, in five years from now, this is going to be a thing. Let's get our freezers in now. I can only imagine the, the capital output to put 450 freezers you know, plus stock them and everything it took to just build the relationship to even get in that store. That's incredible. That's awesome. And so did you kind of take a similar trajectory with yogurt? Did you learn how to do all of this with yogurt with humans? I mean, how does somebody learn how to get their product in a store like you've done? Well, you know, if you go back 20 some years ago, it was purely bootstrap. Uh, you know, hey, guys, I have an idea, Greek yogurt. And uh, okay. And you know, you're three 20 something year old guys sitting around a table at a local coffee shop, right? And then 20 years later, we developed multiple segments. We were acquired in 2010. Uh, and then I think our, our learning accelerated pretty quickly because you know now we're a part of a billion and a half dollar company or they're a $4 billion company at the time. We were running their refrigerated division. So we had access to tools that we didn't have as an independent. So you know we got involved in soup concepts, plant-based concepts. And so just a ton of learning that went on, Ty, that now uh, you know I can apply to what I'm doing here, but you know, it comes with the discipline. You, you know, you need to understand that not everything's going to win. So you, 
you want to try to keep the mentality that they're all going to win, but to fail fast, sometimes you win bigger if you need to move out of a segment and get into another one or, or mix your product around. And those are the things that I think I've learned over the years, not just, you know, holding on to a dream just because I like it. No one else does. And, um, you know, we actually have a, an example of a product for years. We had a, a fig yogurt that we all loved, but we couldn't sell, sell the life of us. You know, we are three Greek guys love fig products. So that's a self-indulgence that, that you learn not to take a party uh, to as you, as you grow in business. Cool. No, this is great stuff. So we're going to pause here real quick. But when we come back, I want to figure out how you guys are doing during the pandemic and kind of get a feel for that type of stuff. So stay with us, folks. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Radio.com, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. All right, we're back and we're talking with Basil Nassar and we're talking about his company under, is it Boss Brands? Is that the umbrella for everything that you're doing right now? As of two weeks ago, we decided to um, call it Boss Nation Brands, which consists of two pillars, Boss Dog and Boss Cat. And there's no telling if another pillow will be here in the near future. So Boss Tortoise is on its way. Maybe you never know. Boss Reptile, Boss Bird, you never know. Because you have a 140 pound tortoise, right? Yeah, we rescued a, a sulcata tortoise out uh, by the Salton Sea. And uh, the guy basically said, he's a beauty. We've had him for a few years, but we have to move to Oregon. It's 110 degrees out. He won't make it through the night. And we hopped in our truck and drove three and a half hours to get him. Took five guys to put him in the truck. But I'll send you a picture when we're done. We built a habitat for him and even imported Bermuda grass from Africa. So it's really... a a fun place to go. We sit up there all the time with Otis uh, and all the dogs are around us. Right? So it's just, like I said, we created a little zoo here. Where do you live? What climate do you live in that you can keep them? We're in Southern California now. So okay. uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, our teams and most of our teams in Seattle, Northern California and Southern. So we operate largely along the West coast, but yeah, I, the weather here obviously supports uh, having animals outdoors. Yeah. I, I'm in the Bay area myself. And uh, anyways, I see, I follow some like TikTok accounts of people that have tortoises and I get jealous because I'm like, oh, I'd love to have a tortoise like that. They're That's very, so cool. ther- they're very th- cheaper than a psychiatrist. Very therapeutic. You sit, watch them, feed them whatever they eat and <laughs> enjoy. Nice. I like it. So I want to talk to you about the pandemic because we haven't talked about it, but your product line, this is premium stuff. I'm guessing there's a premium price on everything that you're doing, right? Yeah, it is. You know, it's line priced with some of the other specialty concepts. uh, But I would say in certain markets, it does carry a slight premium uh, because, quite frankly, it's not cheap to infuse product with probiotics. Yeah. And I want to stress that because anybody can say probiotics in their product, but to introduce the appropriate levels to have survivability and efficacy actually take a substantial amount and amount that, uh, 
quite frankly, costs a lot of money. So we uh, we don't pass a lot of that price on uh, to try to keep that pricing threshold tight, but uh, it is an ultra premium product for sure. And so obviously we're right now in the pandemic, we're recording this January, 2021. You know, we're in an unprecedented times as far as like all of us that are living, economic uncertainty, all of that stuff. People, a lot of people are pinching their pennies more than ever. Has that pinched you guys? Or are you guys, have you guys figured out how to sell a premium product even with economic problems going on? Yeah, you, know, you see a lot of industries just getting hit. I mean, personally, I've got friends in the restaurant business that um, that are having a tough time. So I uh, we empathize for everybody. A startup uh, should not have to go through a global pandemic. You know, there's a it has enough problems of its own. So we, uh, you know, obviously we were faced with some challenges early on. Uh, you know, when you move to curbside only and you don't have uh, a powerful web presence, it's really hard to get perimeter and novelty shopping in the store. People just want the canned food or the kibble. So you know that was tough, but uh, come June of last year, I'll, I'll tell you, despite the pandemic, it's almost as if somebody turned the light switch on. The sales started to increase pretty dramatically as people were adopting and rescuing more animals. Uh, I know we had a couple of, and I think the reports are pretty clear, adoptions and rescues are on the rise like they haven't been in, in years, I think, if ever. And uh, so I think that's a great sign uh, for the industry, but uh, it, it came with its challenges. You know, who wants to list anything new when you don't know whether or not uh, you're going to be around? Uh, if you had a 10-year lease on a brick and mortar pet store and you were at nine and a half years, would you re- renew last March? You know, so there, I think there were just a, a bunch of questions and I'm, we did pivot a little bit, Ty. I'll be honest, we looked at, uh, you know, some e-com where we thought we would, might have to outlet uh, in other channels with brick and mortar was going to decline, but all in all, I think uh, the, the report that we're hearing from uh, the street is pet stores are doing well. Uh, their year-over-year numbers are actually good, if not better. And uh, the sooner they can get back to full in-store shopping, obviously, everybody will be uh, in a much better position. So, I know this is probably like a, a huge lecture, but how do you set yourself apart? I mean, when somebody goes into that specialty store that maybe has a bunch of premium brands, how does somebody choose Boss versus the other guy? So a, a lesson that I learned a long time ago, and I actually coined a term called spoon-to-mouth marketing, which was applicable back when we were doing Greek yogurt. We didn't have the hundreds of thousands of dollars to throw at TV ads and, and all this and that. So you know, we did a lot of field work, product demos, customer education sessions, just sampling. It's a little bit different because now you're trying to engage the animal, and oftentimes the animal isn't always with the owner. And the animal doesn't generally respond, right? So you're, unless they eat the sample or on the fly. But I think a lot of in-store support when uh, the economy will permit it is a big part of what we do. And then I'm extremely proud of uh, my group called the At Your Service Team. And uh, we decided very early on, we wanted to create a kind of a second arm for Boss Nation outside of just the product line. Uh, and that was the At Your Service Team. And essentially what they do is they offer... Um, direct support for retail and the rep lines. So I think, you know, if you sit in a room and talk to our reps and our retailers, they'll tell you that we offer more support than most brands on the market. And we uh, empower our retailers and our reps with the information that they need to drive trial and uh, to get the sale. And so I think, you know, that takes a tremendous amount of time and effort. And I, uh, I give all the credit to my at your service team. They're exceptional at it. What role do you think um, like packaging plays? Because I'm not good with graphics. I'm not a designer, but I look at your packaging and it's beautiful. Like the colors, the colors pop, the fonts, you know, pop, everything's anyways. Like what role do you give that being able to stand out uh, in a crowded marketplace? Well, we've designed a lot of packages. I think 
I've personally been involved with maybe 500 SKU designs over the last 20 years. So product that we've taken from concept to shelf, you get a sense of what, you know, people are looking for, uh, you know, you look for the violators that they want to see on the packaging and then clearly communicate the message. I'm very uh, fortunate to have worked with a designer that has been with me for before I even started the Greek yogurt company. We were doing sports uh, creative stuff together. Uh, and so he's really in tune with uh, the messaging that I'm trying to get across. And, and this one was really a fun one. I mean, the, the name Boss Dog or Boss Cats is super simple to illustrate around. You know, it, uh, we feel that it just kind of naturally uh, flows. And so it was, and all the, if you look at the packaging, there's a lot of continuity in it. So you'll get like the half face of the dog and our raw lines, you know, uh, very clearly raw and the wholesome and more of the, the darker colors. And then our conventional lines or, or treats and supplements are a little brighter. So that a lot of that went into uh, the overall design, but it's just years of experience, Ty. Gotcha. Cool. And you say you've got, are your, are your animals at home? Are they rescues and stuff like that? Yeah, we've got uh, two rescue cats, one rescue dog. And then I've got, uh, let's see, we've got little Layla here, our two pound Morky laying right here next to me. Uh, we've got a 165 pound Rhodesian Ridgeback named Kelby. We think he's the biggest Ridgeback in North America. He was actually uh, my first dog I brought in about four years ago. And then uh, a standard poodle, uh, a Yorkie, and then two Siamese lynx cats. And we're, we're on the fence right now on a Maine coon, but we think she would fit in really nice with the dog. So cool. it's funny when we, go, when we go out on walks, you know, we go out, we have all four of them and the cats will actually follow us out on the walks without leashes. So it's, you know, the dogs have created this pack mentality here. And I think if the tortoise could move fast enough, he'd probably follow us too. <laughs> Kind of last question here, just just curious, like from like passion level and things like that. And maybe you were equally as passionate about yogurt for humans. I don't know. But like, you know, hearing you talk about your animals, obviously there's a high degree of passion there. Does that make a difference in how you run a company or? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's my question. Like, how do you see this being different? Absolutely. If you can't get motivated to get out of the bed in the morning over a product or a concept, then, you know, you shouldn't be involved. You know, as, a, as an entrepreneur, you work from home, nobody sets your schedule. So you, you have to go after it. And uh, for me, I have to do what I love. You know, um, the Greek yogurt was uh, initially was pretty simple. I mean, we're all Greek. So there was a, that cultural connection. And then, uh, and then after that, you just learn to love to build brands. And I think, you know, whether I'm doing human food or pet food, I, I love to bring concepts to consumers that make a difference. Mm -hmm. And that's what we've done uh, for our last 20 plus years. That's awesome. How can people find out more about what you guys are doing, even purchase the product, stuff like that? How can people see what the boss brands are up to? So the, the At Your Service team just put up, uh, I will be putting up another new website in a couple of weeks with the, the new Frozen mix, but just go to uh, either bossnationbrands.com or bossdogbrand.com or bosscatbrand.com. I'm just typing this out so that we can put these in the show notes, bossdogbrand.com and bosscatbrand.com, right? Awesome. Cool. Well, I want to say a big thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. This is, uh, it's cool. We haven't had somebody come on to talk retail and stuff like that. And whether or not somebody's looking to do retail or not, the principles that you're sharing today work, whether it's a service industry, whether it's a retail industry, that type of thing. So I appreciate you sharing these years of experience and your knowledge on this. No, my pleasure. I'm happy to do it again. I can expand on certain parts, uh, you know, the first year, the second year, and the third year, typically, you know, what one should anticipate. So if you'd ever like to discuss in more detail, uh, feel free to reach out, Ty. 
I would. I'd love to hear what you guys are doing next year. And so for those that are listening to this out there, please go to PetLifeRadio.com. Listen to all the other episodes. And while you're there, listen to all the other shows too. There's a whole bunch of awesome shows on PetLifeRadio.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.